0: You are tuned to Arctic 15, a meeting spot for startups, investors, and businesses making real human connections since 2011. Join our next event. More information and upcoming dates on Arctic15.com. And that's not my presentation yet. But anyways, um, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to um, contribute to the discussions here on the health track by maybe taking a rather special angle on health and by sharing our views and hypotheses around personalized nutrition. Maybe we can put it also on the big screen? Otherwise, I'll just, no No worries. So maybe to start with, uh, my name is Lars. I'm a venture partner at BSH Home Appliances Group. And to read out the acronym, uh, it stands for Bosch Siemens Home Appliances Group. So we're a pretty large player. Uh, in the field of home appliances, and um, actually in the still leading player in Europe among the top five in the U.S., and I run the corporate venture activities at BSH. An initiative we call BSH Startup Kitchen, um, and uh, while we we live up to the promise to be uh, a venture, uh, a corporate venture unit, we primarily do not look to invest in the startups, but we rather and primarily look for um, startups with like a new technology, new services that will complement our current offerings and that we can partner with and work with in the long term. We don't want to acquire. We rather want to <laughs> build real business with these startups and help them scale in a perfect way in a mutually beneficial setup, so making business together in areas where we could not do by ourselves. Um, So, I mean, I can start, if that's okay, or continue right away. So the reason maybe why I'm here today and why personalized nutrition is a topic we're actually dealing with as a home appliance manufacturer is that our claim or our vision is to improve quality of life of our customers. and. Of course, like we're selling directly to customers and we're always very close to what our um, consumers are looking for. And over the years, of course, and I think you will all agree, we observed that consumers become more and more conscious about the way they live. They become more ah, conscious about the way they they, they consume. And um, eventually we see ourselves at the nexus of bringing together the culinary sourcing, the food taking, food decision taking of our consumers. On the one hand side, how they prepare their food, how they organize their life, and how this eventually will lead to a sustainable and um, high quality, health oriented lifestyle. Um, maybe taking a very drastic view on. On food and personalized food in the first place is that you got to admit that while we all enjoy having food or lunch, and I hope you all did enjoy having your lunch, but food is is the number one killer. So having the wrong nutrition uh, and then being exposed to dietary risk is the number one killer in the developed country. This does not include like any emerging countries. This is a study conducted over 25 years in the U.S., a longitudinal study, and it's more riskier than uh, Drinking uh, having, like uh, smoking or like being like a victim of like having high blood pressure Which is actually known as a silent killer and the num- number one? Uh, cause of death so being exposed to the wrong kind of nutrition wrong kind of nutrition for you is a true issue and just to Have a rough overview and to put it very simple and Maybe that's kind of the research stage people were having a look at like 20 or 30 years ago, it either comes with an oversupply or undersupply with certain nutrients. And eventually when you look at the oversupply, of course, some of them are very apparent, being exposed to obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, but also undersupply of certain nutrients or the right composition of nutrients will have like a long-term impact on your life expectancy and will um, have a increase your risk for um, dietary-related diseases. That's the negative side to food, but over the years, I think we all realized that there is also a very positive side to the way we organize our food intake, our our meals, our everyday food intake, and um, that's, oh, sorry, that's actually the perception that food and the way we organize our diet is something that can help us to achieve certain goals in life. And those can be very short-term or very physical, like being, ment- like being uh, fit, being able to achieve certain physical fitness goals, or just reduce your weight. Very, very simple, and I think we all agree. But like, uh, when you look here on the slide, too, the, the further farther you go to the right-hand side, it's more like the mid-term or long-term goals that we have now a feeling that we can achieve with the right set of nutrients and uh, food decisions we're taking. Uh, So it's about having a higher immune resistance or just fighting uh, chronic diseases. Um, Just yesterday I read an article at Kroger in the U.S. They're introducing personal subscriptions from doctors, which is kind of a meal plan for diabetes patients. So actually treating chronic diseases uh, with the right food and the right meal plans for you is becoming a real thing. But in the long run, it's also about, as I was mentioning, people become more conscious about the way they live and they want to be in a good mental state of mind. So um, this is also where food can play a very, very crucial role, so just on a psychological level to help you feel good. And on the other side, if you're interested in that, also live a sustainable life. Um, We see that in many, many nutrition and and food trends. So in the past, of course, um, this kind of relationship between feeling good in many different dimensions and um, taking the right food decisions led to many, many, many different diets. Like, there's no PowerPoint slide big enough to capture all of them. But the weird thing is that they're not really working for everyone. They're more like a fashion. When you look at most of the diets, they come and go. Like, for example, the high-fat, low-carb. We had them, they were like around the 50s and the 60s, back then known as the drinking man diet. Like, just eat a lot of fat and have a lot of booze and you'll lose weight, which might work for some people. Um, it, it's com- and it's coming back, but like when you look at the Atkins and the Paleo and the ketogenic, it's more like new names and new marketing brand names which you need, otherwise you cannot sell new books and market them, apparently, on TV or somewhere else. So, the one, the crucial thing, and that's, in a way, the, the takeaway from the presentation here, the reason why these diets do not work and often lead to a very frustrating um, effect on people, is that they leave one thing out of the equation when it comes to um, the way we are processing food, and that's very simple. Every individual brings with him or with her a very, very specific set on how we process our food intake. And to break it down, maybe two very basic um, dimensions. On the one hand side, we have the behavioral data, which is kind of the way we organize our life. Maybe also the amount of food intake, our work-life sleep balance. The level of exercise we're doing, how much calories we actually burn. That's actually stuff and you know, things we can change in theory because they're mostly linked to habits and to we're always like uh, moving in a very complex environment. But that's actually things you can tackle and are um, subject to change. Where on the other side, when you look at the genomic data, these are things you can hardly change it's like uh, your age i mean sometimes we wish we could change it but hard to do so it's your gender your ethnicity your gut microbiome so all like in simple words all the bacteria you accumulated in your gut for like the past decades you were living that help you digest everything you take in and it's very very individual for every person and to change that it's either impossible or will take a lot of time, like the gut microbiome can be changed or affected through a special diet, but will take um, months or even up to years to have like a severe impact on that. And um, just to give an example how different the grade of, or different the way Of people dealing with certain um, food intake can look like that's a study I think with 500 participants in the US how certain types of fat are being processed and it's kind of the the body reaction after being exposed to certain fat and just to simplify it like it's very very different like the ones on the left hand side there was a very very little challenge response so low effort for the body to actually digest and metabolize the fat and they could actually like go for the, like, for the real heavy stuff and would not lose weight or would not ha- really struggle, while the ones on the far end side, and it's kind of like really extreme that there you have some people that really have a hard time processing fat. And that comes back to pretty much all nutrients you can have. There are t- certain types of measuring that. It's still kind of an ongoing R&D effort many companies, and especially startups, are tapping into. Um, And we see currently two type of business models, service models, emerging here. Um, The one, very certainly being on the behavioral side, and that's been around for a while, it pretty much starts with analyzing your habits, your lifestyle. The successful models include some kind of a coaching or training that will try to help you understand how your body reacts to certain goals that you want to achieve, like you want to be fit, you want to feel good, you want to lose weight. And then it comes back to rather a trial and error phase, when you need to optimize. And it's, as I was saying, it's related to habits and it's hard to change. But as for now, and for the ones with a very high motivation to change, that's in the past the way to go. While on the other side, we see on the genomic side, A very promising, uh, maybe a bit too promising approach, that having the idea that once you have kind of understand or like decomposed your microbiome, your genomics, you would be able to develop a very certain type of diet or even like medicine that kind of works pretty much like a silver bullet or like that one pill you got to take and everything will be fine. It will tell you you got to leave out the bacon and the avocado, and then you'll be losing weight just by doing nothing. It sounds very attractive, but eventually, and when you look at it, there's a lot of value in combining two things. And when you look at these startup activities that we observed over the past years, as I was saying, we're very much looking into partnering with startups, so we look very closely into what's happening over there. There's been a lot of activities on the behavioral side, and one thing which, Lisa, that's just a selection of stuff and you might re- recall the names. What's really interesting to see is that the ones that are able to attract a lot of funding and attract, and get some relevant traction in the market, they're the ones who are actually kind of laser focused on a very, very specific um, use case or a challenge or problem their users are facing. For example, Noom with a very low resolution <laughs> uh, logo at the very top. They're quite successful, but they're really laser-focused on the use case of people helping people to lose weight. And that works fine, but they have a hard time actually to um, move out of that niche. Same for all the fitness stuff. You find on the, on the right-hand side, like Fruletics and MyFitnessPal. They also have like personalized nutrition advice built in their app. But it's also only tailored to the advice of, like, building muscles or, like, uh, working on your uh, stamina or endurance uh, when it comes to sports. And, um, I mean, behavioral side, that's been something around for, like, 10 years. And we see them already maturing, kind of not really managing getting out of their niche while on the genomic side we see a few startups now coming up with like uh, day two or biome uh, which are go which go very detailed into um, your in this case your uh, microbiome analysis and try to predict and analyze what actually happens when certain types of food will hit your stomach or hit your gut and it's still as i was saying R&D in progress they Actually, Biome, they acquired habit on uh, the very left-hand side. So they're already starting to close the loop between um, the genomic side, so bringing like deep and new R&D and um, um, bioanalysis into this field combined with actually helping you to change your behavior. Um, in a way, coming to the conclusion, the way we see it, as I was saying, we are not a uh, we're not a pharma company. I'm not sure who else will be on the stage, but um, we take a rather relaxed and um, also like laid-back perspective on that whole field. Because, as I was saying in the very beginning, our idea is to improve quality of life for our consumers, and um, quality of life is something which might be defined by your personal health, And but it's not only your health that will, in the end, determine your quality of life. There are many studies saying that actually people with a chronic disease, they are not more or less happy than people that have a perfect health. And the reason for that is that we are made... and There are many more dimensions to our life. It's about work, it's about our family, it's about having fun. Um, and it's always kind of a trade-off. Um, I mean... Tonight we might all be choosing to take a drink or two, and we all know it's not good for our health. But it's always a trade-off we're taking, and that's totally fine. And that's what we also take into account when we build our ecosystems. Like b- give a certain type of freedom to our consumers. Do not try to overcoach them. There's also a lot of coaching fatigue that comes with all these solutions, and try to improve the overall holistic quality of life for, for our customers. And Of course, last but not least, we're open to partner. And we're building on kind of a digital ecosystem where our home appliances come into play, of course. Again, we're seeing us as a trusted partner to uh, bring certain types of services to our customers and promote them to our customers. But then it's about the customer to take the decision what they want to have and what they don't want to have. And as we are open to always expand our ecosystem. Um, I'm around and open to talk. If, you have some, if you're a startup and have an idea which fits, in t- fits into that value proposition, come talk to me. If you're an investor with a startup in your portfolio that fits to that criteria, still come to me. And this not only holds to the um, area of quality of life, also extends to any kind of technology or service we can take into our portfolio and sell through our channels. Um, That's what I'm here for and that's kind of our view on um, health related to home appliances and I got the sign that my time is up.